0: On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I got a chance to chat with Kate Wilson from Pila. Uh, What an amazing story these guys have. Uh, It's actually super cool because these guys are only about three hours away from where I live and uh, just an absolute um, success story. Uh, They've created a product um, that is super, super unique in uh, the way that um, they put it out there. Their marketing is incredible and uh, even more, At the size that they're at, they are doing personalized video reach outs, except the difference is every person in the company has to do the reach outs, and so they assign different people. Uh, Really incredible story of how they've grown, and and they're growing like crazy. I think she said there's something between 60 and 80 employees now. Um, And I am just super, super impressed. Um, You guys are really gonna get a ton out of this one uh, and get some really good inspiration um, for your e-commerce brand. Before we begin, we wanted to let you know some really exciting news and something that we've never talked about before on the podcast. Our team at Mindful Marketing is growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we are looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply and start the process today. Now, on to today's episode. All right, I am here with Kate Wilson from Pila. Kate, welcome to Secrets of Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand.
1: Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so thrilled to be on here with you today.
0: Yeah, this is great. Like every good conversation, uh, we we had to just start hitting record because I feel like there's so much to talk about. And I don't know if we're gonna have enough time to get through all of it.
1: We'll see. We'll we'll cut some of the bad stuff. How about?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So uh, before we get started, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do.
1: Yeah. So I am the VP of brand marketing here at PILA or Pella, as we've just discussed is the controversy of our name. Um, So basically what that means is I have a very privileged job of working on brand strategy, um, both locally, globally, everywhere that we work. I have such a talented team right in Kelowna at our headquarters in Canada here. We work on everything from creative, tech, um, growth side, everything from SEO hacking to whatever we can do online to get more um, customers and more community, as well as a community side where we focus all about our nonprofits um, and what we can do to really engage with people on a human-to-human basis.
0: Cool, cool. That's great. And you guys are like a pretty new company that's really, really exploded. Can you tell me a little bit about some of that growth?
1: Yeah, it's been, it's it, to me, I think it's been a fast ride, but for our founder, it's probably been like a long time coming as any founder will probably say that they've had these ideas since they were a kid or they've been wanting to really get something behind. So um, our founder, Jeremy Lang is actually from Saskatchewan. So another Canadian story. Um, And so he grew up around flax fields, which is for those of us who grew up in Saskatchewan myself included, you grew up with flax fields and canola fields and everything all around you. Um, But one thing that happens that not everyone is aware of with Saskatchewan being the largest manufacturer of flaxseed for the flaxseed oil industry globally yeah. The flax shive that comes off of a flax seed is actually a byproduct, so it's like the shell, basically that the seed yeah. sits within. So once a flax seed is farmed and sold off for flaxseed oil or any other type of industry like that, the shive is left on the field, and it's actually a really difficult uh, substance to get off. And so after harvest, the easiest way to get rid of it is actually just to burn it off the field. And so that is what our founder came up with. Like, knowing that this is a problem in Saskatchewan, that we burn our fields every harvest or after harvest, yeah. and knowing that this byproduct could potentially be used for something else. So Jeremy, fast forward. This is how he grew up. He goes to Hawaii. He travels around as as any adults do, and was seeing the effects of plastic washing up on beaches, and he was just so confused. This you know Saskatchewan boy wondering how is this plastic getting into the ocean? Like it doesn't make any sense. There's no path that it should a- end up in here. So Kim comes back to Saskatchewan in 2009. Jeremy came up with the solution, which is basically using the flax shive, so the byproduct that he grew up with to make a compostable alternative to plastic. And Mm. so it's moldable, it can fit into different functionalities the same way that plastic can. And so he came up with the solution, you know, toyed around with the idea, still worked full time, didn't really have the opportunity or the idea to know what to do next with it. So in 2011, he finally made his first cell phone case, which is what we are primarily known for, out of out of this substance so we've now fast forward where we are now we make a lot of different products we have a bunch of different categories we can get into but basically in 2009 or for 2011 excuse me was when he came up with that first case Um, so fast forward um to where we are right now Um, we have many different types of products that we make obviously majoring in the tech space we just started a pet line that is in kind of beta testing right now we've acquired um, habitat botanicals which was based out of Vancouver moving to our manufacturing in Kelowna here now and that focuses on a plastic-free bathroom Um, and then many other ideas that I can't speak to at this point but in a six months or a year we'll chat again and I'm sure I'll have lots more that I can share about where we're taking the technology from there.
0: Ah oh, that's so cool. So let's talk about the growth. How what would what would you say attributed to the kind of growth that you guys have seen over the past couple of years?
1: Yeah. So in addition to Jeremy, like expanding the ownership team to some other individuals, Brad and Matt are two other major owners here who they really have some specialty areas. Um, Brad came in uh, from toy manufacturing and knowing how to scale at manufacturing overseas and both locally. Um, Matt, our CEO now is also an owner and he really knows how to sell anything and everything online. He's our e-commerce guru. He came from that area and he's really just excelled with this product now as well. But for us, it's not only obviously the product that we we feel the need for right away, which we also um, flagged a lot of our competitors and a lot of other companies to start trying to do the same, albeit whether or not they have the technology correct is still to be debated. Um, But basically what really grew us was our community. So it wasn't just the product that we filled the niche up. It's the community that we started to build. We started to engage with, we started to offer different types of supports, not just product, but you know, how do I deal with this plastic free a lifestyle that i'm trying to make a difference in or how do i make change within my community within my school within my government all those types of things and we call that our human to human approach so we've had to pivot quite a bit in the last little while um, both uh good and bad the lots of different things that have come from covid and everything else that has changed the way we do our business um, but basically our community and our human to human approach of engaging with our community is really the core of our business
0: So talk a little bit about that human to human approach. You guys are, uh, you're doing something that I absolutely love. And I've talked about on this podcast before um, sending video reach outs. Um, Can you tell me how you guys do that at scale? Because I'm assuming like this is a pretty big operation that you guys have. How in the world do you send these thank you videos?
1: Yeah. So I'm not sure what even is considered a big operation anymore, Sue. So I'll just outline, we have about 52, I'm going to say on average employees that work for PILA. Um, we also have a manufacturing side as well that has maybe about 20 or 30 more employees as well, but we actually are, I don't know if that's considered a large company yet, but we consider ourselves still a startup at this phase. I think uh, in, the e-com,
0: act- in the e-com world, that, that's still fairly, fairly big. That's, that's what okay. we're Yeah.
1: All right, we'll go with that, yeah. So it actually was about a year ago exactly in September, um, the leadership group, we were in San Diego attending a a kind of a leadership course just to see what we could do to expand our company and really grow it from where we were at. At that point, we were still just Pila. We didn't have any of our community brands that we've since started. We kind of were a little bit more restricted in the type of product that we had. It was more just that basic case. Now we've expanded to basically everything our competitors do. Um, But one of the challenges that we were faced with was, if we could do something today to engage with our customers that is not scalable, what would it be? And the, the that was a specific kind of tasks or or question that we were posed with. Like It doesn't have to be scalable. Just figure it out. So uh, Matt, our CEO, and myself, we were on our way to dinner for like a little celebration for something we had just achieved. And that's our leadership team just being there as a group. And that was when the concept came up that we should just send out some videos. We should just like, just try it. Just see what happens. Like, I know it's not scalable. Customer service is going to kill us because now we're going to start reaching out. At that point, and still to this day, Matt and I don't have access to customer service emails and nor should we, because we'll get in there and mess everything up. We went on our Instagram account, which we had access to. And we started sending personal videos on our Instagram as DMs um, to customers who had engaged with us. They, we didn't even know if they had bought a case yet. Yeah, we just wanted to start engaging with them. So in the lobby of our hotel in La Jolla in San Diego, we're sending videos like, Hey, I just want to let you know, thank you so much. And we're like changing the script every couple of them. Like they, we didn't even know what we were doing. It was just like yeah, kind of like yeah, an yeah. offshoot, send a quick slack. Hey, CX, just heads up. We're just playing around with something new, go for dinner. And then we come back and we see that the reaction is just so positive. I think we maybe only sent like a dozen of them. And then for the next three days, kept doing it at this conference and just kept kind of whenever we had a minute or two, walk out into like the, the garden and, and record a quick video, change the script again, I had no idea what I was saying messing up people's names the whole time. Like I kept stumbling and we kept just like working through it, just had no idea what we were doing. And then we see the positive reaction and the engagement we got from it. And people that felt like they were a part of our community now, and they were so much more intrigued by that video than the actual product. So come back and we figure out, we're gonna figure out how to scale this. But at this point, we just gotta make sure it works a little bit bigger. So we assigned it to our entire company then. So we have, it's literally as basic as a spreadsheet and a list of names that we pull of all the all the sales from that day. And then the next day, two or three people are assigned to make as many videos as there's on that list, send them all out to our customer base, and then wait for the replies to, to sort of come in. Our customer service team, obviously, um, they take the brunt of all the replies and they engage further along. So yeah. We don't actually t- continue on if we're recording that video, but it is not um an easy system it's not an easy process when you get assigned to you some days you're like oh my god I'm busy today I don't have time to be you know recording all these videos but it really like not only is so worth it on the customer side from an employee side I feel so much more engaged and excited by my community and and just intrigued by who they are and we mess up on names all the time and that's kind of like the fun of it we'll even say like hey I don't know if I'm saying your name properly so let me know like let me know how I pronounce this if I'm doing it correctly or if someone has the same name as us we get so excited we're like hey we're like friends already so it's honestly it's not scalable at this point that we figured it out but we're just doing it manually the old school way and I think that's what sets it apart because um, companies are only interested in doing something if it scales and if they can do it at a bigger at a bigger um, kind of reach. and maybe we will figure out how to scale it but for now it's worth every minute that we put into it.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. We talk a lot about doing things that aren't uh, automated, things that you cannot automate, right? And relationships uh, are one of those things that you cannot automate. As soon as you start to automate relationships, it just gets weird, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, I. Customers I, know
1: they're not stupid. Like, wh- what do we think that, you know, they know when there's bots online and, and the amount of times that we get asked in our customer service box um, to swear. Because people will do that now to see if you're if you're a oh, bot yeah. or if you're if you're if you're somebody live, and then a lot of times this would say like, oh, you're just a machine, and we're like, I'm not actually. My name's Shaylee, whoever it is, and they'll say prove it, and we'll be like, all right, like, what do you want to joke? Do you want like, what do you want to do? <laughs> you want a video chat with me? So yeah, I think that's really important, and like. And because our, a lot of e-commerce has, has grown so far away from human to human and the interaction that we used to get at the grocery store at our local deli, whatever yeah. it is, we we've really distanced ourselves, especially during COVID with it. We have really distanced having that experience. So people are craving that even more than the product that they're getting from you. They want to be a part
0: of something. Yeah. Yeah. So are you guys using like a particular software to send these videos or are you just, how, how are you doing it?
1: Um, yeah, it's, traditional software called email it's literally an email account that we use that we go and we manually send the emails out every
0: day that's a lot of work yeah we'll talk offline afterwards about some some really really good solutions that you can use to 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 automate the the back end portion of it for sure yeah Oh, that's great. Hey guys, just a reminder from the beginning of the episode, our team at Mindful Marketing is growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we are only looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for a large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have had at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply to start the process today. Now, back to today's episode. Let's talk marketing here, uh, Mm -hmm. because I feel like I haven't had a good marketing conversation in a while. What is working right now, especially, uh, you know, we're in the fall, we're in like late October 2020. Um, October for every brand that I've talked to has been horrendous. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, And and I think it's mostly because we mostly work with US brands and it's the election right now and, and CPMs are super high. What's working for you guys right now?
1: Yeah, honestly, it's the same story for us. We are global um, with our company. So a little backstory, we're headquartered in Kelowna in Canada here, but we manufacture both overseas in Hong Kong as well as in Kelowna. Um, COVID ha- kind of pushed our hand into increasing our test facility in Kelowna into a manufacturing facility, and it's turned out to be a beautiful thing. Uh, We're able to do a lot more on demand and we're able to be a lot more innovative and pivot. My favorite Mm. word, as we've discussed, shout out to friends, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but uh, yeah, it's, it's allowed us to really do that. So um, uh, because of that, I was just going to say that we do, we do, mainly um sell into the states so we are a part of the issues that are currently happening for any e-commerce brand in the us a lot of it has to do with online advertising companies like ours that really rely on everything from instagram to facebook as our top of funnel ad source Um, unfortunately the political climate right now does not allow messages of sustainability or really any e-commerce product to be put at the top of uh, the the food chain so to speak of what's going on right now there's a lot of restrictions even in the area that we're in so we're in sustainability there's things there's words that we're not allowed to use that are essential yeah. to our business like plastic you know that's considered a political word and that's considered something that we're not allowed to say in some countries so a lot of that really hurts us and we have to be very innovative so That's all what's not working, especially right now in the current climate. The current election is just really beating everyone up. But I think... I, I think it's a beautiful thing what's come out, out of it for us of what's actually working and it's actually storytelling. that we've gotten back to like a, away from just like, like product pushing, um, which has worked a lot for e-commerce brands and a lot of just talking about the product the whole time. And now we shifted into more of a storytelling of like, what does the product mean? Like, what does it mean to be a PILA customer and are you a PILA person? And like, who mm. does that represent? And almost in a fairy tale sort of way, our creative team has had so much fun creating commercials that have to do with more of these like outlandish scenes and kind of like humorous settings that really engage with our customer beyond the product the product isn't even the storyline it's just kind of inserted in there but we're engaging with them on like the bigger topic for us of plastic pollution which is really our goal we have a goal to reduce 1.5 billion pounds of plastic from our oceans waste streams and otherwise and it's going to take a lot for us to get there But basically they're able to engage in that story now where the product is, uh, you know, bilaterally comes in, but isn't the focus uh, completely in front. The other thing that's really working for us is again, I keep calling it human to human. That's like our kind of, that was our focus. When we had our annual leadership plan, that was the idea that human to human is what we're going to focus on. And so for us, that means focusing on our people and our company as the forward face of our videos. So any type of ad that we run, everything from like commercial to product or storytelling it all features our employees so we have we have some real fun with it we we read out all of our mean reviews um, that are a little bit outlandish. the same way that celebrities will read their mean tweets we read yeah. those on camera we get our we get our reactions of like our vp of product reading about how the product is shit you know we get our reactions of our sales team reading about how like all they don't like where it's positioned all this and so it's kind of funny you get to like like laugh at the work that you're doing and seeing someone else's opinion on it even whether or not it's true or not so things like that i think have really worked for us putting our people in front of the camera and showing that like this is who pila is it's it's me kate it's our videography radiographer tess you know it's our sales team richard it's all these people like that's what makes me want to buy something when i actually know you i want to support you and i want to be a part of this community that
0: exists yeah totally because there's a billion phone cases out there right it's true like and th- yeah, there has no to be plastic. a reason beyond that yeah, yeah 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 very much i'm looking down at my phone case right now being like oh no <laughs> oh, oh no i thought we got was... you a
1: kit no <laughs> okay we'll have to get you one for sure <laughs>
0: yes yes 100 percent. yeah uh kate tell me i this is one of the questions i i ask you know, every single interview, what is your secret to scaling?
1: Yeah, to be honest, don't. That's, that's always my advice to scaling. Honestly, don't. I think most businesses struggle because they come up with an idea or a concept and then they try to figure out how to scale it before they even figure out if it works Hmm. and figure out why it works. Um, so we, we have a saying here that came from, I don't know if it was Brad, Matt or Jeremy, but it comes from our leadership all the time. And it, I, I didn't understand it at first when I got into the company and now I find myself repeating it all the time, but basically test everything is bullets before cannonballs. So we want to make sure we're testing everything once or twice or however many times on a small scale that we can before we put in the work of scaling this, basically before mm. we put in the work of automa- automating everything. And, you know, putting all our energy into that, let's come up with a good idea first and make sure it sticks before we're going to put all that resource and dedication into it. The other thing for us has, I think has really been our network and, and resources that we've had. And we use our network, more than any company I've ever seen. And instead of, you know, using a library of resources, or even your traditional online searches, we really reach into our local network. So we're in the Innovation Center in Kelowna, which is a beautiful building that hosts lots of tech startups and other entrepreneurs and other type of Um, companies that are in the same situation that we are and the amount that we can lean on each other and use each other's services and come up with solutions together has just been mind-blowing to me because Kelowna isn't considered you know the Silicon Valley it's not considered the biggest not yet not yet that's (laughs) true we'll have to take you for a tour of, of the office and just kind of what's happening in the building. Cause it's really inspiring. And I think that's mm. been really key to us growing is that we always use people within our network and it just builds a very strong kind of resource and library that I don't, I've, I haven't seen anywhere else.
0: Mm. That's super, super great. I love the idea of, of reaching out within your network and not um, not keeping everything so tight. Right. Um, there's people out there who are better that things than me. like talking right now
1: (laughs) no you're doing great but honestly like (laughs) like and and i think like also for us we because we're started we have so many shared roles i mean like rewind two years ago when i first started with with pila we were everyone was in such a different not position but just the daily tasks of what they did you know our ceo was our media buyer we didn't have a team Mm At all, it was just like maybe like a handful, of less than a dozen employees who were just kind of sharing tasks and just doing whatever it needs to get done. So I think utilizing your people beyond what their titles are is so important, and and not being afraid of ideas coming from areas that they're not meant to come from. So if the next greatest product needs to come from customer service or from your tech team or from your operations team, like maybe that is where it needs to be. So we're very collaborative, maybe almost to a fault, where like everyone. so much input on a product it's hard to make a decision sometimes but we have so much collaboration from every department we want to know exactly how each department engages with a customer and then what feedback they think they could give us for that product
0: that's that's great that's great i I really do believe that you guys are the, the the whole human to human idea um is really coming through and i i think it's incredible thank you so much for your time uh we're gonna go to our lightning round now okay what is your favorite tool or app you're using right now
1: okay um i'll give you two i'll give you my tool and my app my favorite tool is monday i'm gonna like I'm gonna, I'm oh gonna, I, love be gonna, I love monday i love like, monday can we just have a for monday yes as as a creative person i am the least organized person <laughs> and that i that i know so i think monday is so amazing especially when you're managing big teams and so many circulating projects it's just insane, the amount of integration it can have. And even our tech team who are geniuses at coding anything, the amount of times they are like, you know what, I hate to say it, but we're going to use Monday for this instead of developing
0: something. Yeah, (laughs) we just, you know what, we just did that at our clothing, our clothing company, we're trying to come up with this really complex way of figuring out where things were in the line, like whether it was pressed or all this sort of stuff and we're like, guess we got to build a tool. And then we're like, wait, I think we could do this all through Monday. Yeah. and it's like isn't it it's, incredible yeah it's like one of the regular integrations it's yeah,
1: yeah. it really amazing. is incredible and and it, it, honestly it goes back to that whole scaling idea that like why invent something when it already exists like it's already there we we think as entrepreneurs that everything has to be so innovative and yeah, i yeah. cannot accept an idea that already exists but really, an entrepreneur is not about someone who has a genius idea. It's somebody who can take an idea from start to finish. So mm. being able to, like, humble yourself and recognize that you might have to use tools, resources, you know, advice from your dad that you might not have listened to before. <laughs> I think it, it it all has a time and place. So, yeah. So that's my favorite tool. Uh, my favorite app is Headspace, which is one that everyone knows about as well. But I think it's so, so important um, as an entrepreneur, we both, you know, I know you're in Involved with other businesses, I am as well. The amount of like distraction and pull that we feel, even when we're I'm working on my main kind of core, the amount of times my head will go into a different area, maybe for a different business or for a different idea that you come up with, because entrepreneurs like us are just it's tiring sometimes. You just want to shut it off. So I find that yeah, I find that unless there's that empty space in the day and that kind of mindfulness where you can settle you're not going to be able to do anything with those ideas anyways. They're just going to sit up there chaotically. So having that downtime, I think is so important. I use Headspace for that, but any, any other type of platform or tool an app like that, I think is such a good thing.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Great answers. Love those answers. Uh, favorite podcast that you're listening to right now.
1: Oh, I just read that. I just now heard you say lightning round. Does that mean it's supposed to be this quick?
0: No, no. Our lightning <laughs> round is always like, it's like really <laughs> slow lightning, like kind of like, <sighs>
1: Okay. It's it's a tumbleweed. I got it. Okay. I'll try I'll keep up with that. Um podcast for me, honestly, I'm not a big podcast person to be completely honest with us. I except for this podcast, of course. Of course, <laughs> no, of course. I mean that's
0: the uh, yeah, that's why I asked the question. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So I actually do a lot of audio, uh, books. Um, I use a couple apps, um, that are I'm blanking right now, but just to basically be able to intake books at a faster speed, not that it's, um, sped up, but it just kind of takes your highlights out for you and then gives you the, the Coles notes of what you really want to learn. Um, for some reason, that's just what I, I tend to go through over, over podcasts, but, yeah, um, totally yeah.
0: cool. That's great. Uh, if you could sit down with anybody who's alive right now for an hour, have a beer, wine, Maybe coffee, tea, uh, who would it be?
1: Um, so, hands down, Yvonne Chenard, that is like my number one Patagonia far, uh, founder, excuse me, is so core to not only myself personally as an entrepreneur um, and in this business. We use so many of their practices at Patagonia, so many mm-hmm. of their tactics, and just the way that they build their community. I, I find myself like a broken record the n- amount of times I come up, I suggest an idea and I say, well, I learned that from a Patagonia book Mm. or from Yvonne Chenard in some way. So that is the number one uh, entrepreneur for sure in our area of work, which is both a product and a cause that we're trying to promote at the same time.
0: Totally. And are you guys thinking about going the B Corp route?
1: So we are B Corp. Yeah. Oh, so (laughs) So you're you're
0: already thought it through.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, that is to, to, to us, like having, Uh, making a dollar and a difference is like at the forefront of our company. We are not ashamed that we make a dollar, but just as importantly, we use that dollar to make a huge difference. So um, we are B Corp. We have tons of other certifications. We are climate, neutral. We'd like to be climate positive. We have all these other areas that we're working in towards, but sustainability is such a core part of our business. And we know that it's not only done with a a product that is a solution, but also by integrating into our community, getting access to uh, composting facilities, getting access to recycling, um, you know, anything like that, that affects how our product moves into the the world is really important to us.
0: Mm, Awesome. Awesome. This was such a great conversation. Kate, where can people find out more about you?
1: Yeah, so pila.earth is our domain that I suggest everybody go check out from there, you can see all of our different community brands, Habitat, Barksby, Vision line that we have and soon to be much, much more but pila.earth is as simple as it gets for us no other uh, address.
0: Awesome. And anywhere people can connect with you, LinkedIn,
1: anywhere like that. Yeah, personally LinkedIn, Kate Wilson. Um, you can find us on Instagram, and then I'm LinkedIn through there as well. But I, yeah, we love again, like I said, the entrepreneur community and the resources that we build. We always welcome people to be a part of that and to join in. So uh, feel free to send me a message on LinkedIn. Is probably the quickest way to get me to notice it, and we'd love to integrate you into our community. Um, is there if there's some way that you have a passion for this and our resources can work together?
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much, Jordan, for having me.
0: Hey guys, we hope you really enjoyed today's episode. Can we ask you a favor? Hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode and share this with your e-commerce store owner friends. We also love reviews. So if you could leave us one on Apple Podcasts, that would mean so much to us. Just a reminder from the beginning of the episode, our team at Mindful Marketing is rapidly growing.